I think people are particularly interested in what Michael Dowling has to say when he says something that's very much contrarian to what the current narrative is in healthcare, and it is contrarian. I believe that large health systems like us have to be doing what we think is right. Now you can wait for the political system, or you can decide to go do it. I'm a believer in just doing it. Those were the voices of Charles Kenny and Northwell President and CEO Michael J. Dowling. They are co-authors of Healthcare Reboot, Megatrends Energizing American Medicine. Hi, I'm David North, and this is Health Story. In Chapter 1 of our conversation, Kenny described a disturbing report about the status of U.S. healthcare to Error is Human, published by the Institute of Medicine of the National Academies. Kenny described it as the base of negative perceptions about U.S. healthcare, persistent two decades later. Dowling and Kenny say their assessment of the U.S. healthcare system today is optimistic in a realistic way. There's an enormous amount of innovation out there, both on the scientific side in terms of specific disease. The advances against cancer and heart disease are nothing less than historic. You've seen a, the tide turn in both of those diseases, uh, both of those killers. Still huge problems. But you've also seen uh, no complacency in terms of the care delivery side of health care. That is to say, how do you efficiently get care to people? How do you give them access? How do you make sure that there is equity in the healthcare system? How do you make sure that people who are poor, who are in neighborhoods with, with a food desert, who don't have access to transportation, how do you make sure that they get the care uh, and health guidance that they need? Each of those topics is addressed in compelling detail in Healthcare Reboot. Along with stunning advancements in technology, the authors cite the power and mutual support of hospitals within a system, wiser approaches to education, and a greater understanding of value among medical professionals who serve our communities. My conversation continues with Michael J. Dowling. Value is also uh, the perspective of the person who gets the service, whether or not they see value in the service. It's not about what... what What's the matter with you is what matters to you, which is another view of how you look at the issue of quality and value. Healthcare Reboot underlines the value of understanding how social factors impact the health of individuals and communities. For example, Dowling cites a statistic about the ratio of social determinants compared with medical intervention. You look for the broad trend. There is a recognition today more than ever before about the impact of social determinants. Almost every presentation you will listen to over the last couple of years that talks about ill health will have a, a chart that which will show that like 70 to 80 percent of people's ill health is due to the social determinants and 20 percent is due to the delivery mechanism. I remember a time when that chart was never shown. That to me is a positive movement. It's a positive trend that today people are talking about this whereas in the past they were not. That's what's positive. And those are the trends that you've got to be looking at. Because once they get traction, they keep moving. A moving parable, a teaching tool widely known among providers, but new to me, the upstream-downstream story. Michael Dowling tells the tale about taking action as a society before conditions cause crisis. If you're downstream and a lot of people fall into the river, you're at the bottom of the river at the end near the rapids. You're pulling people out, right? 
So you keep pulling them out, you keep pulling them out. And you save a lot of people, and that's good, but it would be have a lot better to be upstream and stop them from falling in to begin with. So if you were upstream you would have, that wouldn't, and prevent them falling into the stream, you wouldn't be pulling them out at the other end. Dowling and Kenny describe in compelling terms the ongoing effort throughout the U.S. to work upstream, often against political currents, to improve the quality of our lives and to save lives. Measures, metrics, and some success stories are prominent throughout healthcare reboot. Downstream, resource management available through networking systems enables medical professionals at virtually any location to be at a patient's bedside for an examination or a consultation with nurses and fellow physicians, regardless of time, distance, weather, or whatever. Telemedicine. That's an amazing advancement. That's access. That improves access. The potential for what you can do in that regard is pretty extraordinary. And it'll only advance as long as we marry, we marry the technology with human contact. That you don't want to have just only technology alone. Uh, you've got to have humanistic technology, in other words, if that's, if that's a, a, the right term. But you've got to be able to have the human contact as well as the technology. You marry the two together in a smart way. You will increase access, increase satisfaction, improve, improve quality and outcomes. Factors influencing adoption and utilization of smart medicine are addressed throughout Healthcare Reboot. Dowling says the marriage of technology with humanity determines value from the patient's perspective. It's also an indicator of progress. What concerns the patient? They want to know whether they can go back to work full-time. They want to know whether they can do most of those things they could did or all of those things they did before. Whether or not the, 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 the surgery that was done or whatever that is makes them mobile to be able to continue life the way they would love to continue life. We don't measure that today as much as we should. We're beginning to, and that's the good news story. We're talking to families more. We're talking to patients more. We're getting patients' input more. We're not just talking to the doctor and the nurse. Healthcare Reboot describes many advances and innovations for the modern medical toolkit, including diagnostic tools, devices for function and human performance, pharmaceuticals, ongoing genetic research, and the ability to access and refer to vast stores of information about virtually any subject. It's exciting reading. Yet, it's the medical professionals who ensure humanity remains in every equation. Dowling describes forward, upstream approaches to educating the caregivers of today and tomorrow at the Zucker School of Medicine at Hofstra Northwell. Medical education has been the same for 50 years. The same rotations, the same process. So we decided that we wanted to do something very differently and we started with uh, what will a doctor need to look like or be able to do 25 years from now. And the, the person, you know, Larry Smith, who's the dean here, was a person I recruited uh, into this organization many years ago. And I remember the initial discussions on this very well. It was basically Larry and I sitting in an office and, 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 and Larry has the real expertise here. So it's learning how to do things, not just memorize. And that all happens also through small group learning, individual, individual learning, etc. Forcing people to understand what's important and what's not important. It's guided by professors, but it's, it's a guide. They don't drive, they just lead. You want to get people to think creatively and critically, and uh, 
most of the physicians that we have in the system that were educated in the old way. If you ask any one of them today what their preference would be, they'd love to go back to medical school in the new way. Along with doing away with formal lectures delivered by a sage on a stage, one of those new ways is students are certified as emergency medical technicians, EMTs, before graduation. Imagine the education of being an emergency responder, traveling upstream to trouble spots across social, cultural, and economic boundaries, and affecting the lives of individuals and families in a wide variety of environments. A reboot for medical education is a reason for optimism. The authors also point to progress in preserving and protecting healthy minds. Dowling and co-author Kenny are encouraged by a wider understanding of mental health as brain health. Dowling describes an example contrasting then and now. People were ostracized. People were institutionalized in the 1960s, 50s and 60s, before medications because they had dementia, which was regarded as a mental illness. And aging, all of the lack of memory and everything with aging, the, the normal recurrence, people were put, when we deinstitutionalized at the state years ago when I was there, so many of the people who were deinstitutionalized were people who should never have been admitted to institutions to begin with. They were there because of what today we consider a physical ailment, or, uh, but were then regarded as crazy. Words matter, they frame perceptions. Dowling expands on the concept of mental health as brain health. That's beginning to happen. That's one of the good trends. Um, there was always a separation between physical health and, and behavioral health. Um, it's uh, even represented by the way, even the way government is organized. Health department, mental health department. Regulations over here for that, regulations over here for that. The trouble is that the human being with a physical health problem and a mental health problem doesn't fit either place, they fit between them. And increasingly now what you're finding is, and we're doing it, is that we're incorporating behavioral health professionals and behavioral health services in the uh, physician's offices. We're co-locating more interdisciplinary work so that the person, so we're making it more and more uh, possible for the person to be able to deal with the holistic nature of a person's services. Long ways to go. Uh, it's a long road. But the fact that it is moving in this direction and being discussed like this, and the fact that the stigma of mental health is being, uh, is receding. People talk openly about it today. It's not long ago, right? Just like Developmental disabilities today was like uh, 20 years ago. We called it the division and the department of the retardation. Language has changed. We're now talking about brain health instead of using the term behavioral health. Those are all good signals and that there's an openness about it. Um, and the divisions are beginning to break down. That's the good news story. You'll find a comprehensive assessment about mental and physical health care trends in Chapter 6 of Healthcare Reboot, Megatrends Energizing American Medicine. On the subject of mental health, brain health, and optimism, 
It was writer and philosopher Ralph Waldo Emerson who said, the measure of mental health is the disposition to find good everywhere. Dowling and co-author Kenny acknowledge the struggle while highlighting the progress, the good, in our U.S. healthcare system. This program was produced at the facilities of New York Institute of Technology. Andre Doughty, Technical Director. Please join me for part three in this special edition of Health Story. Topics include trends in social policy, health systems and consolidation, and how traditional outlooks can influence tomorrow's healthcare outcomes. I'm David North. Be well, look north at northwell.edu.